Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. The biggest thing is that you don't have direct deposit anymore. Like your money's just not in your bank account. You got to go hunt for that. You got to go grab that. You have to get that money. Today on episode 526 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the founder of McAuliffe CPA Enterprises, Justin McAuliffe. I'm going to ask Justin how to find small revenue that can turn into large sources of recurring revenue and much more. You can find out more about Justin along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Right now, digital marketing is more important than ever to keep your business going. Your clients need to know that you are here to help them deal with their challenges. Our friends at SiteHub have many resources to help your audience stay aware of how you can help them. Contact SiteHub today at yoursitehub.com. Now, let's welcome Justin McAuliffe. With nearly 15 years of diversified public accounting experience, Justin founded McAuliffe CPA Enterprises PC in 2018 to work with small business owners to organize their books and records, assist with management of the general ledger, develop and or retool the chart of accounts, and help develop or maintain an accounting infrastructure serving as an outsource controller and CFO and COO for key clients when necessary. Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, my pleasure to have you on. Justin, what caused you to start your own business in 2018? Well, I had always wanted to start my own practice. I was always encouraged by people around me. I did certainly have a feel for the entrepreneurship and the business side of accounting. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to adapt properly to any corporate structure, uh, led to some concerns and some issues with my employment. I actually wound up getting fired from my last job, which uh, kick-started CPA Enterprises. It was a moment where I was either going to go back to corporate, where I kind of knew my style didn't fit in, or uh, or get started on CPA Enterprises. So that's what I decided to do. Yep. It's a pretty common crossroads. Well, pretty common crossroads when somebody else triggers the timing for you. You know, and I'm glad you said that because a lot of people, you know, I'm pretty active on social and I talk to a lot of people in DMs and emails and texts and stuff. And and I get a lot of kudos for doing it on my own, going out on my own. But I tell people every time, like, it's important for me to set that narrative about my career. I got thrown out. (laughs) I mean, I, you know, I, I got fired. I mean, it was forced upon me. I'd always felt it, but I never really had the guts or I was too scared to do it on my own. And and they did me a favor, even though they hurt me very badly. And, and that's a story for a different day. But um, it got me to go on my own and I wasn't scared. But don't make no mistake about it. This isn't something I woke up and quit my job and, and moved forward with a, with a business. I, I was fired. I was forced. Yep. So I made a decision. And that's it. My career led up to that point, you know, and I'm sure that happens to other people. But that's sink or swim at that moment. And things happen for a reason. And here we are. Yep. No, it happens to a lot of people. And for many people, it actually happens after a longer stretch of a longer stretch of being an employee. And Mm -hmm. particularly for the what I one of the things I've heard from folks that have been in it for a longer time as an employee is they may feel slowly that they fit in less and less. And it it may not come quite as um, quite as apparently to them Mm -hmm. how they're not fitting in. 
Yet the same thing happens where they don't quite have the courage to go out on their own, especially if they're in for like, let's say, 25, 30 years. Generally, the, the compensation level is supporting their lifestyle. And to, to an extent where it's really scary to think that, oh, I have to go out and basically, as one of my guests on my other show, Going Solo, talked about, he said, I wake up every morning unemployed and it's my job to generate business every single day. And then when I go to bed at night, unemployed again for the next morning. <laughs> I love it. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. It's exactly how I feel. I'm not employable anymore and going back to fitting in. Like I always like I was brave enough to bounce from job to job. Right. Not a lot of people can do that. Even like you said, I mean, you stay at the same place for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. And then all of a sudden your lifestyle is completely dependent on your salary. For me, I, I just jumped and, and that, I guess, allowed me to be prepared for the change. But but the problem is, like you said, is is this becomes part of your lifestyle. But part of the best parts of 2020 is that you can start something on the side and make a couple of bucks. And if you're really not happy at your job and you always wanted to try that, well, now's the best time out of any to just start. I mean, Shopify and LinkedIn and, and just everything being global and using it on your phone. I mean, people, eBay, I mean, there's a hundred different things people can do. Uber, Lyft, a lot of opportunities to make money on the side. And yeah, I, I mean, anyone listening, I encourage you to do that. Like if you are in that category, start with Uber and Lyft. You have a car, start with that and then kind of take it from there. It's just, you can't be scared to take that step. Not saying you're going to be scared to quit and then just start fresh. I mean, that is scary, but nobody's saying you should do that. But don't be scared to try something new. I guarantee you, you're doing stuff during the day that you can go and, and make some money like video games and watching Netflix. And a lot of that stuff is fun, but it's not productive. And if you're not happy at work, well, use that time and make it productive. Mm -hmm. So Justin, what was the first thing that you did on your own that actually made money? Well, since it was a little unique because I was able to, I kept some clients, right? Cause I'm in the service industry. I'm an accountant. I'm a certified public accountant. I'm licensed in New York and I had clients still. I had clients here in New York. Um, and I had clients throughout the rest of the country and some stayed with me and some didn't. So I was able to keep some of them that did lead to issues with non-compete and, you know, enforceable and non-enforceable. Again, different story for a different day. But I was able to keep some. And then what I did was I did what I did best. And I went out and networked uh, just in a different way using social media. And I guess I guess the cool thing was like because I had the services, right? I had the accounting, I had the reoccurring. So doing tax returns and doing accounting and stuff, that all that all worked. I guess the, it's kind of a small thing, but I made money because through my social media and being active through content marketing, I didn't make money, but I did essentially get a $25 gift card, right? And it's kind of silly, but it was a big moment for me because I posted on social media and I go to Ben's Deli, which I'm sure you're familiar about, Kosher Deli. It's freaking awesome. Like one of my favorite places to have lunch. And they did some social media content and then they gave me, they thanked me and they said, oh, appreciate it. Here's 25 bucks on us. You know, lunch is on us next time. Like, bam, that's it. Like, this is it. Like I can make money on this. I can make other revenue streams. And then that led to Uber and Lyft. And other things, writing a book, doing courses, like that was that was my motivation to just start strings of as many passive income as small as they might be. I mean, I even I did a course on Udemy. I made like six bucks on it. So but who cares? I mean, it's money. It's a revenue stream. It's there. 
and it feels good because it's mine. You know, it's my company. I don't have to worry about another brand being not knowing what to do to me, right? And that's how I felt. People didn't know what to do with me. And I can just be me and do me and not have to worry about anything other than waking up and being employed the next day, right? Because at the end of the day, I'm going to go to bed unemployed anyway. So why am I going to worry about that? <laughs> I'm not employable anymore. That's it. Yeah. So a couple things I'm hearing from you. One is recognizing opportunity. So like that $25 gift card, it sounds to me like it wasn't something that you were actually pursuing. It just, it showed up. Correct. Right. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But then you recognized it. Mm-hmm. And in all the other things that you've done, you also have clearly understood the value of revenue, no matter how small. No matter how small, because it starts off, it's small, but it can become something big. One of my, I use this example. I, I, I think I found somebody on TikTok. Anyone looking to make some side hustle? The TikTok's got plenty of ideas, plenty. I found this guy and he goes and collects books, like just use books, get some at garage sales free, mostly pays nothing for them, right? But he gets them and he puts them in his office and he there's this website. All he has to do is scan the book. It prints out a shipping label for him. He puts it in a bag and he sends it to them. And every time he does that, it tells you exactly how much he's gonna, they're going to give you for the book. Sometimes it's a quarter. Sometimes it's a dollar. Sometimes it's 10 bucks. But he said most of them are around a quarter. And he's like, look at all these quarters. He just has books all over the place. And you're looking at the quarters and you're like, wow, that's probably like a thousand bucks. I mean, and it's all free. All he had to do was go out and try something, right? That's And that's small. It's a quarter. But then you collect a lot of quarters. Like even now, I'm actually starting to collect cans. It's five cents a can, right? And you think about the can, you already pay for that. So I'm really getting my money back because it's a five, I mean, at least it is in New York. But I'm collecting them because I drink a lot of seltzer. I'm like, you know what? I can fill up a bag here bring it in. I'll get 10 bucks. And, and why not? I mean, I, I, it's fun. It's, I do that more so now than I've ever done it because of the entrepreneurial spirit in me quarter don't matter. Cause that's the thing. It's going to be there. It'll be reoccurring and it starts with that. And then who knows what it can become. Right. So what are some of the signs that you look for that help you understand how some revenue that may start out small ends up with the potential to become much bigger, in particular, to become big and recurring. So for me, and I think anyone that is in the service industry specific, but it's the money. And for me, there's no expectation, right? It's a matter of calling it a hobby and just finding a way to, to monetize a hobby. But two specific strategies, and it's not the money, that's gravy. It's to network, to talk to people, to just find new opportunities, especially with Uber and Lyft. With cans, you know, you get known to people and, and they see you. And, and before you know it, they find out you're an accountant. And everyone has, everyone has a tax question, at least one. And you get to know people. And one of the first signs or rules, at least in the accounting industry, is somebody you want to work with, you want to like them. So as you develop those relationships, that becomes opportunity. And plus, I do a lot of content marketing, a lot of social media marketing. So even just showcasing to those that follow me, um, to other brands and stuff that are interested in, in sponsoring me or whatever it might be, they see that other side hustle, right? And and that could lead to more. It's not so much about you going out and making 20 bucks doing cans. It's for me anyway, it's me going out doing that and then showing other people that 
And then that leads to even more opportunity. So for me, those are the goals and it's there forever. And, and who knows? I mean, people watch my content from last year still and, and it's freaking awesome. Right. So when you say showing other people what you're doing or what you've done, do you ever feel like you're giving away the store by giving away, quote unquote, your your secret sauce? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it's an awesome question. I'm smiling. Yeah, 100 percent. And I, I, I want to because for me, my ideas aren't proprietary from certain perspectives because everything's kind of influenced right now. If I do art or something, that's that's a different story. You know, if I'm making something tangible in music, piece of art, whatever it might be, I look at my Instagram stories as art. Right. But I don't mind sharing my thoughts and ideas and how I make money because I feel like that's an opportunity to evolve as a human species as, you know, if that sounds, you know, maybe silly or whatever it might be. But like if I give out an idea and I produce an idea and this is how I make money, even if somebody takes the idea, so what? There's plenty of business out there for people and, and I'm confident in my own personal brand. So I don't feel like, you know, I have to compete with people that are just in the accounting industry, right? But if I give you an idea and then somebody says, oh, we have, a, have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? You know, maybe I just inspire somebody to do something and then they do something else because of that. For me, I want to impact as many people as possible. And by giving that away for free, that allows me to do that. One of my things I say a lot, and I've said it on a lot of podcasts, I've been on interviews. Mitch Album wrote a book, Seven People You Meet in Heaven. And um, it's a very quick read. I don't know why it always, it's, you know, it's a short story, but um, it's just about a guy that goes, you know, passes away and goes to heaven and, and you meet seven people that were the most influential people in your life. Some were obvious, a couple weren't. And for me, I, that always stuck with me because I always, I always thought like, all right, that's cool. Like I want to be one of the seven people to as many people as possible. And I can't do that by charging people for absolutely everything. And sometimes I'll never get money, but it's that one or two times that that door opens up that'll get you the monetary uh, opportunity. But at minimum for me, I've been able to impact this people's, this person's life. And if there is a seven people you meet, well, then I have a good chance of being one of them. Justin, how do you figure out what you should be giving away for free versus what you should charge for? So if it takes a tremendous amount of my labor or it involves me bringing you on board to utilize my staff. So if it's just me, I don't mind giving away for free, whatever it might be, even some tax advice, even some accounting advice. I mean, my content is full of free value and free tax tips from real CPA. But if you require a lot of me, you start asking too much of me. And I base that on a lot of things. I feel like every human's different. Right off the bat, sometimes I can feel like people are taking advantage of me and then I'll nip it in the bud. Hey, look, if this is going to continue, you know, I got to bring you on as a client. And <laughs> they're on board as a client, which doesn't happen very often, or they stop bothering me. <laughs> and and usually it's the latter. And And that kind of allows me to see who's really in it for, for me or just in it for, for themselves. But once you start, once I need my team, I have a team of 11 underneath me, 12. Well, it was about to be 12, but that's a different story. So it's back to 11. Marketing, tax, accounting, tax experts, C-suite professional, small business tax, marketing, and, and I can assist with all of these services. So once you become part of that, you're on reoccurring retainer, scope, services, et cetera. If I have to prepare your tax return, like, yeah, I mean, I'll review it. I can even, I'll even do a comprehensive review of your 
tax life, your financial life. I was just over at a prospect the other day. It was going to be 30 minutes and they had a ton of papers. I mean, I might get them as a client. I might not, but at least I gave them a full, I think it was 75 minutes. And I went through all of their stuff over many, many years and they walked away, excuse me, I walked away at least giving them comfort that they knew any of their tax, their past tax issues. I looked over them and they looked good. There was concern in the beginning, but as I was putting the pieces together, it looked good. And for me, I'll walk out if I make some money, great. If not, I made them happy. They felt comfortable. And and I did a good job just from a human being perspective. I feel like I have certain, you know, like you said, like into leading into this question too, like I have some superpowers and some super knowledge. And I want to share that with people because taxes and money and accounting and finance is scary. It's hard, but it's not hard if you're a pro. And that's what pros are supposed to do, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So Justin, you know, given the fact that you you clearly have a specialized skill that is useful for others, and you know you understand that there's value there. When you went from being an employee to being an entrepreneur, there are some shifts in the way you actually work and, and the way you interact with clients. What were some of the biggest challenges in that shift? I love this question too. Like you're asking all my favorite questions I get to answer. And the biggest thing is that you don't have direct deposit anymore. Like your money's just not in your bank account. You got to go hunt for that. You got to go grab that. You got to go, you have to get that money. And right when you first start, I mean, for me anyway, I didn't like you think of that, but you don't really think of that. Everything changes financially for you personally. I had a runway, but it didn't last very long. And you make mistakes because now you're a business owner. And not to mention, you don't have the direct deposit, which isn't just automatically in your bank account anymore. I mean, again, that's the biggest challenge. But then you got to fight for your dollars too. Sometimes they don't always want to pay. Sometimes they want to negotiate. Sometimes you're overselling. Sometimes you're underselling yourself. And you got to take risks as an entrepreneur. So that means you got to spend money. And usually that means you just got to spend money you don't have. But even for that, as as somebody that would struggle with that, you got to realize you're a startup. You are a startup business. And startups usually require almost always some kind of capital injection. So if you're not doing that on your own, if you don't have money to inject in your business, like you got to put in a runway, you have to have that cash. But if you don't, hopefully you have decent enough credit. And that's what credit's for. Just think of it as a loan. Think of it as a line of credit from a bank. Don't be afraid of the credit card debt, because if this is your business, you're going to need to grow it. And if you don't have capital, you got to get it from somewhere and you can't be afraid. So those are the two different, right? You're not going to Best Buy and buying yourself a nice TV. Like, you know, you're buying that if you, you're going to Best Buy to buy computer equipment and things that can help you make money. So every purchase is looked at differently and every dollar that you get means more to you because you earned it and you fought for it and you got it. And it didn't just magically appear in your bank account. Yeah, absolutely. Looking back on what you've done over the last, few years since you've launched your business. What's been help, really helpful to you to get things going either quicker or make more money faster? Yeah. Avoid mistakes. And, and there's a second, <laughs> second part to the question, which is, as you're thinking about this, are there ways you could have gotten help that you now know about that you wish you had known about when you first started? Yeah. So software, without a doubt, Mm -hmm. fighting for the dollar. Like we said before, there were softwares that I could have invested in almost immediately. And I didn't for whatever reason, maybe afraid to spend the money or take on the challenge. You got to, you know, that could have been way faster. I mean, I only just learned that lesson recently over the last six months. That would have been 
amazingly helpful. Mm -hmm. I also learned early on, I have to hire one person to do the work. I mean, if you're going to grow a business, you got to do the work and that allows you to go faster. Those are a couple of things I learned later. But one thing I learned right away was the content marketing. That's zero cost because I was doing it all on my own and it expedited my network. So networking traditionally is you going to a cocktail party or luncheon or some event and you have a group of people, 10, 20, 30, whatever it might be, professionals. What I realized is that I can network way faster through content and social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and even TikTok. Those five platforms alone give me at least, at minimum, 20 a week, right, of, of real people that are really seeing me for the first, and I know it's a lot more than that, but I'm using 20 as an example because you figure you go to one or two, maybe even three networking groups, how many do you really walk away with as a real contact? Like my rule of networking groups was to go and get at least one good contact. That was always my goal. I have zero of those contacts in my network now. So that was a waste of time, years of building relationships. And this was letting being led into getting fired. Those relationships were gone and I couldn't spend all that time. So how do I do that faster? Social media. How do you do that even faster? Aggressive on LinkedIn. Those are the professionals. Go follow people, follow hashtags on the other platforms. And you're looking for real people that either you can connect with to propose your services or connect with to help grow your brand. And as a little sidebar on that, guys, I've been doing this a long time from social media content. I mean, I have a team now. I did it all myself for free. And that's the best part too. It's all for free. You're on your home. You're on your phone anyway. And it's all on you. And just send DMs and tweet. I mean, look, people are going to reject you, but it only takes one. And how much time you can spend the full amount of time that you're doing at a networking group on your couch and you can hit 20 times more people, if not more. That is to me, and I don't feel like too many people are doing that. I really don't. I feel like, and you know, a lot of people should be doing it, especially from a more personal perspective, because the spam emails I get, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I don't read any of them and don't do that. It's got to be personal. It's got to be, you can even do voicemails now, David. You can send people voicemails through LinkedIn, uh, video messages and stuff like very personal. And it takes even less time than to type. And I found that to be so unbelievably successful. So even then, going back, I could have done that way better because even though the content market had opened up all those doors, if I would have done video messages and voice messages to a lot of the people I try to connect with, it would have been even more successful. I know it for a fact because very few people do it to me. And as a business owner, it I respond to it every single time and it feels way better. Like it just, it's just, uh, if it's personal and, and people love that nobody writes handwrites notes anymore. So this something's got to replace that because the automation it's terrible. Like I don't even look at it. So, and trust me, if you guys want to do that, it works. Justin, there's so much more that we could talk about on this subject. Um, let me ask you one last question about your own business. And then we could, uh, talk about how people might get in touch with you and learn more. Where do, what's your vision for your business? Where do you want to take it? I mean, I'm answering that question quickly, and it used to be a lot. I want to make this the biggest brand in accounting. It's crazy to say it, but I see a real opportunity to make CPA enterprises just 
it, one of the biggest names in the accounting industry because I know the biggest names in the accounting industry. I know where they're struggling and I know how they need to fix it. The problem is, is that they can't for a multitude of reasons because big firms and big businesses have a lot of partners, which means they have a lot of people in charge. This is just me. I'm building my own practice and it's based around bookkeeping. I want to bring that as big as possible and I want to literally change the way that people think about money. I want to literally change the way people think about finance. And as far as I'm concerned, for as long as companies like TurboTax and H&R Block are putting out marketing propaganda to American taxpayers, my job is going to be harder because I know for a fact that people do not understand their taxes. So even if I can't bring CPA enterprises to the biggest point, the goal is to educate literally as many people as possible on their money. So guys, the IRS and the states that you live in, they are your partners. You work hard for them. You keep some of that money, but don't, you don't keep all the money. And every single one of you complain about your taxes. But from my perspective, nobody really does anything about it because it's scary and people put their head in the sand. So if I can then change the narrative to show people that it isn't that scary, if you just get taught properly, if somebody just holds your hand and doesn't try to sell you on God knows what refund advantage or all people care about is making money, but you're dealing with people's money. And I want to disrupt the way people think about money. I am going to innovate the way people think about money because I'm going to provide people with financial freedom and purchasing power. And people just have, <laughs> you want to get out of any kind of situation, you got to understand the money. And if you don't understand the money, then you need to have somebody on your team that understands the money. And the best part about me understanding the money, that most of my stuff, as we talked about before, are free. You can learn all about it for free. So the only one stopping you is yourself. And the last thing, too, is that teaching people how to do their tax return, it's so possible. There's so many people that can do it on their own. And that is something that you should do without any hesitation. And really, it's no excuse. This is your partner. Right. Think uh, this is your partner. The IRS is your partner. You don't want to know what you're paying your partner. You don't want to know how much you're paying them. You don't want to know how you can negotiate that to be less, because if you're not a CPA, how are you going to know that you don't go to your mechanic to get your root canal? So think about that. I'm a licensed professional, but for some reason, the narrative in the accounting industry and the perception of CPAs just isn't in line with the education that the market has. So for me, that's just, that's the opportunity. And that's why I'm confident that I can literally make CPA Enterprises one of the biggest brands in accounting. Sounds great. Justin, if somebody wants to go deeper with what you've shared today, learn more, access any of those free resources, where would they go? Yeah. So in order of, I guess, volume and content, Instagram, for sure has the most amount of free tax tips and accounting tips and perspective. You can follow me on Instagram, CPAJMAC, uh, C-P-A-J-M-A-C, J-Mac. The same handle on TikTok, CPAJMAC. And then also more on the professional side, a little bit less. I mean, it's still my personality, but it's LinkedIn. Justin McAuliffe on LinkedIn. You can find me, CPAJMAC on Facebook, JMAC CPA on Facebook. Uh, Twitter is CPAJMAC. And then you can just shoot me an email, justin at cpa.enterprises. That's J-U-S-T-I-N at cpa.enterprises. No, there's no .com, there's no .co, it's just .enterprises. 
got a website, www.cpa.enterprises. You guys can Google me. I mean, I'm, I'm very available. I'm very much out there. You'll know who I am when you see me. Just CPA JMAC. Everyone's on Instagram. That's where the party is. You start with there, and then you can work your way down. I got 1,200 posts over the last year plus focused <laughs> around business. I mean, you guys can learn so much. You can spend a few hours going through my stuff. You DM me, and I'm happy to continue the conversation. I'm here to help. Obviously, you want to try to make money, and hopefully I bring you on as a client. But like I said earlier, it's not the goal, and uh, it's up to you. The door is open. My virtual door is open, and then if you don't do it, it's, it's on you. It's certainly – you're not going to not get a response from me. Let's just put it that way. And if you don't, follow up. But the only way you're going to be able to follow up is if you send the first message. Right. And Justin, is there a specific free gift that you think is a good place to start for our audience? Yeah. So I wrote a book, Are We Reconciled Yet? Uh, it's a compilation of a bunch of articles I wrote and I put it in the manuscript. I self-published it on Amazon. So you can purchase it on Amazon if you like, but uh, I do have copies. I'm happy to give them away to listeners. I do have a, um, a program I'm working on currently where people sign up for a consultation. I'm still working on it. And, and I have books to, uh, to give away. I have some swag too, but right now, um, you know, it's an educational book. It's $20 value. And, um, I, I have plenty to give away for free. Sounds great. Well, Justin, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. Um, we could have gone on for a lot longer. My guest today has been the founder of McAuliffe CPA Enterprises, Justin McAuliffe. Thank you again, Justin, for joining us. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure, and I look forward to seeing you and talking to you again soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I appreciate it. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how to find small revenue that can turn into large sources of recurring revenue and much more. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them smash the plateau. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Smashing the Plateau to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.